Come on. Welcome, Leffler. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Christopher Nelson. Christopher, are you ready to do this? Oh, yeah. Let's go, man. Christopher is a two-time, two-time IPO technology executive. He's a real estate investor, an author, a speaker, and a podcaster. He is the co-founder of Wealthward Capital. They're an organization helping technology employees grow their careers, build wealth, and have an impact. Christopher, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. All right. Well, so good to be here. Thank you so much for having me, George. Appreciate it. Um, Personal life. I am the father of three boys. Yes, we have an all boy household and a beautiful wife, Regine. And we live here in Austin, Texas, as I was sharing with you and just love hiking and biking, being outside. And that's really what, you know, I think makes my heart sing is, is really being able to, um, you know, live in love with my family. And I think that's part of the broader story of why I really focused on not only real estate, but also looking how to optimize getting the most out of my career compensation by working for equity. Nice. So you found yourself in, in, in technology field. How did that kind of walk us through, through your career path? Yeah. So uh, I think it, it started in college. I mean, I think it is interesting where, you know, we want to go and we want to pursue our passions, right? We want to pursue our passions. So when I was in college, I was super passionate about being a software engineer. So studied computer science at UC San Diego. And when I had my first internship, I realized, oh my gosh, like I'm sitting here staring at computer screen all day. I can't do this. I am more social than that. And I think that's it's a very interesting lesson. It was a big life lesson for me because I'd been pursuing my passion and realized my passion wasn't what made my heart sing. What I did is I started pursuing mentors and mentorship. And I started going to a lot of career fairs and finding other people that were in technology and asking what they did. And I found a gentleman who was a technology consultant. And he said, hey, in our business, we solve difficult technical problems, but we do it with people and we do it to advance businesses. And that was something that really made my heart sing and, and really allowed me to uh transition from college into a career. I went to work for a larger company uh, called Accenture, and they provided a ton of training and really helped me build what I call my career capital, which are is, is what I call my book. You know, it's a combination of your education, your experience, and your results. And it was ultimately that that really, you know, launched my career in technology. Nice. Got it. And I think that, that how did you, did you always have a sense of it's important to pursue my passion? I think sometimes young people these days and, and even, even older folks like me, it's like, okay, what, what, where is my place in the world? Well, it's interesting is I had, I had sort of conflicting messages, right? As I had a grandfather who was a, you know, high school shop teacher who was very much, you need to learn to work with your hands first and then with your head. And then I had this other message saying, oh, you need to pursue your heart. You need to pursue your passion. And I really realized that the truth of it, there was an intersection. And, uh, 
you know, I, I read this book by Cal Newport and it was, I read it recently, but I think it speaks into my experience, which is called the book is called so good. They can't ignore you. Mm. And he talks about how skill trumps passion every time. And I think the reality and what I found, and I stumbled into this is that I was pursuing my passion, but we find, I think we find our way th- to passion through work, through, you know, understanding what aligns with our skill set. Like, what are we good at? What do I actually then feel good delivering the res- results? Right. While I wasn't, I, I did not feel any passion or didn't resonate for me to be behind a computer screen typing code all day. It did resonate with me to help and in, in facilitate between, you know, business and technologists, how to solve larger business problems. Um, that's where I found myself. And that's where then I started doing the work to build skills that then could allow me to move to this point in my career where now, you know, leaving W2, building businesses, because now I have a set of skills that I can rely on. And I'm really aligned with what my mission, my passion, my focus are. So those early days, and I, I always respect and, and commend people for being as proactive as you were, recognizing, okay, maybe I'm in a spot where this isn't awesome. I wonder if there's other human beings that have ever been through this too, and let me go seek them out and ask them questions. And that's, it sounds like how you got on the path that you're on. Do you have a, is it a desire to like pay it forward, pay it back that you work so hard to, for lack of a better term, mentor others? It's to, it's definitely to a bit of both to pay it back. I mean, I, I, I feel that I was taught by my, my grandfather was a phenomenal mentor to me and showed me a lot of things. And I think that as I look around, I see that some people haven't had that example. They don't understand that. And I think that they need to see it because it's, it is an ability to truly advance your career. So I think in respect to him, and then, you know, the one thing is, you know, I, I do have a heart of a servant leader, right? I do want to serve. And what I've seen, especially in technology, is that so many people in that field are passionate about what they do, love the impact that it makes in the world around us, solving very hard and difficult problems. But the lifestyle can really grind on them. And they they don't always have their heads up to how do they make this better for themselves. So honestly, I'm looking back at my people and I want to help them, you know, grow their careers, build wealth, make an impact, live sustainably. You know, some of these things that, uh, you know, I had to really fight for, I want to turn around and give that back to my community because my belief is that if technology employees were financially independent, had more sustainable lifestyle, they would solve some of the world's biggest problems. Yeah. Well, I think that that's an awesome belief. And it certainly proved out technology is obviously making our lives so much better and connecting and doing these things. And I can definitely see how it would be like you almost get trapped in, well, I'm so good at doing this and I make a lot of money. So I'm just going to keep doing this and put my head down, but it's not necessarily sustainable. It's not necessarily the things you want. And maybe one day you'd like to be able to step back and pick your head away, pick up your, your head from the monitor, the hands from the keyboard, whatever it might be. It's true. And, and, and this is really the impetus behind my podcast, Tech Careers and Money Talk, is to really start facilitating the conversation because in, in the industry, people are very focused on technology. It's, it's a very fast lifestyle and it's a you know 24 by seven, you're plugged into the matrix, you're getting all of the sensory overload. And because we don't have the conversation, we as a community are very bad about talking of 
tech and money? How does it come together? How do you plan for a sustainable lifestyle? How do you plan for what comes after tech? What happens is people either they fall into what I call the golden jail, where they all of a sudden start let, letting all of these dollars leak into their lifestyle. And they really, you know, create uh, a lifestyle where they're, you know, they can be living paycheck to paycheck. I saw an article the other day where it's talked about people who are making over $250,000 a year. Uh, you know, there was a good percentage, like 30 or 40% are living paycheck to paycheck. And I see how this can happen. You're in a high cost of living area. You want a nicer home. You want a nicer car, right? There's good intention behind it. But if you're not focused on how do I get to beyond and how do we have conversations about how do we, what is right? There is a right way to do the, there's a wrong way to do it. How do we have those conversations? That's that's what I think that we as a community can do better. And that's really where I want to lead. Yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome. Super noble. And I can definitely see how easy it would be to fall into that that golden jail and and <laughs> and all of it. So in terms of the investing piece, tell me more about that. So for investing, you know. What I saw and I still see is that a lot of technology employees are very focused on stocks. They're focused on venture capital, but that doesn't give them income into their portfolio. So, you know, for myself, and this was my experience is I'd gone through an IPO, you know, had a significant wealth event. And then it was, I want to do this with my dollars as I was working in that direction. And there is a group of people that I would meet with regularly talking about career and money. At one point, they raised their hand and said, help us out. We want in. And so this is really sort of a pivotal point for myself because they were asking, you know, for help investing and, you know, light bulbs started going off that, you know, investing in real estate is very important for people to create financial independence, you know, passive income. So uh, stood up Wealthward Capital in 20. Well, we had actually we did our first JV it's five years this August. And then it was in 2018, uh, January, that we created Wealthward Capital to really help technology employees see what a good real estate investment looks like. They can participate. And then we also do education as well. Nice. It strikes me that that that's a, such a great way to describe it, to see what a good successful deal looks like. Because if I were just to say, okay, I guess I want to start investing in real estate. There's a big gap in between that conversation and actually doing it. It really is. And this is where I, I truly walk people through from my experiences. Here's what I learned. I got the terms. I learned the math. Now here I started looking at what, what deals, what investments look like. Here's how you walk it through and really try to walk people down and then get them to participate. Because I do believe that the best way to learn is when you do have some skin in the game and you're monitoring and managing your investment. And then you start seeing the checks coming in. You understand what a good, you know, communicative, transparent operator looks like, and then you can go and rinse and repeat yourself. Nice. Yeah. So did you start out thinking we're going to niche this just towards technology employees or did, did, did you say, well, that's not big enough or is that perfect? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually a very intuitive question because originally I was, oh, we're doing it for, you know, busy professionals. And I realized it didn't resonate with anyone. And I had to have that moment to say, well, wait, who am I really serving? And, and then, you know, talking. And again, I found another, you know, mentor as far as personal brand and marketing. And they said, 
you have an audience, you have people that you're speaking into that you also, that's your story. And so I pivoted then to, you know, technology employees. And now literally in the last six months, it's really financially focused technology employees. Like let's go down another level because Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of technology employees that, you know, maybe in golden jail and happy to be there. Right. But I want the ones that are really focused on their finances so that we can get into deeper conversations. I love it. It makes a ton of sense. So again, benefiting from a mentor to be able to sort of just, I don't know if nudge is the right term or not, but just give you some of the feedback. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. This, this mentor is not a nudger. He's a, (laughs) this is crap. You need to start looking over here. Yeah. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Good guy. Yeah. It's interesting that, yeah, I think some, the mentors that are willing to give you that direct, honest feedback and tell you that you have, you know, an ugly baby, it so important, you know, and I, I thrive on that really. Yeah. Certainly save you a ton of time and, and maybe just result in your success or, or your ultimate sort of not working. Right. Right. And, and I, I think I've come to learn over the years that if I can, you know, have my ego in the backseat and really just listen with humility and understand what's the message, what do I take away? Having confidence in my own work and knowing, okay, what's good, but hearing what's the message, uh, you know, with that filter, it's just um, allowed me to, I think, really accelerate my growth in some areas. For sure. And I imagine that when you are interfacing with, with, people that are either finding you and interested in learning about career development and, or they're interested in, in helping to become financially, just get some financial freedom, all of that, because of your background, they see, Oh, this guy actually did it. He was, you know, did all these roles, had the success. Um, and I'll, I'll eventually get to a question. I imagine you understand how to present information in a way that mm-hmm. is more readily accepted. That's right. Because, you know, being an insider and somebody who walks through this, there's a way that I want to see the information. And and a lot of technology employees want to see the data. They want to see the math, understand how that works. And so this has provided me an edge because I can lay that out there. And then, you know, I'm also you know, huge grant uh, fan of, you know, uh, iterative cycles that we have in technology. So I have a small group, Hey, here's what I'm thinking of presenting for, you know, my next investment summary or offering memorandum. What do you think? Oh, feedback. Great. Let me iterate, get another version out there. I think a lot of that way we work in technology and then having that lens has helped me tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. What's a, I'm I'm a thousand percent confident it was not easy to all of a sudden set up a fund. And I believe that you have several of them now going through this whole process of starting that and putting it out of the world. What are some of the big takeaways, surprises? Well, you're right. I mean, the, the interesting thing is, so where I play in software companies, right? I work in IT departments and I actually purchase software is, you know, understanding those large legal contracts and, and going through that process. The interesting thing is looking for things that do map. So where are the similarities, where are the differences, right? When you go through a PPM, a private placement memorandum for a syndication or a fund, there's a lot of things on that contract are similar boilerplate. Then there's the things that are different. So I learned that process already. So that really, I think gave me a leg up. And then, um, you know, again, like the, when 
I have this now, this broader process of how do I find mentors? How do I find people that are winning in the game and then be able to provide value to them and then create relationships so they can help advance? Um, that was part of it. And then, you know, you're never going to be able to escape the work, right? It takes what it takes. And so I think that, you know, just realizing that this is going to be something new and you got to put on the 50 pound backpack and you got to grind up that hill to get it done and learn it and check and double check and um, just being transparent with people the whole way. That's what really helped me start building funds. And then, you know, I think starting fall small. The first fund was 1.5 million. Then it was a 4 million. Now we have a $10 million fund, right? Being able to, you know, do something at a smaller scale and then, and then scale up from there, right? Grow from there. Again, something that I took away from, from tech. Yeah. That makes all yeah. sense in the world. So nothing you've said doesn't make any sense to me at this point, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes Good. perfect sense. <laughs> I'm making sense. I'm making sense. It's great. I love it. Well, Christopher, you've given us a lot, but the people are ready for that difference making tip. What do you have for them? So the difference making tip is you want to invest your time. One of the things I think that people don't think about is they we're, we're spending time or constantly just taking moments and letting them slip away. But I think to live intentionally, and this is something I'm going to be publishing a book early next year, and it's called From No Dough to IPO. And this is really a playbook of how to work for equity. And I think whether it's equity, working for equity, or working a W-2 job, or building your own company, investing your time in thinking about where you're spending it, where it's going, doing a time analysis, where are you spending a lot of time on social media, on television, on things that aren't giving back to you is so important because it is our most precious resource. And we are all, you know, the, the ones of us listening today that want to get financial independence is because we want more of that time back, but then let's think about how we're investing that and what is our return on time. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. So easy to waste time, Christopher. And certainly I'm guilty of that. But going back to Cal Newport, too, on top of be so be become undeniable or be so good they can't ignore you. He's also yep. that proponent of deep work. And yes, it's a human thing to to waste time. And if we're not careful, we waste half of it. Truly, truly. So. Love yeah. it. Well, Christopher, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage? Tell us about WealthWord Capital. Tell us about the podcast. Tell us yeah. About the so let's, let's go. So we can, they can go to wealthword.com. So that's W-E-A-L-T-H-W-A-R-D, moving you towards wealth. Wealthword.com will give you an overview of you know, Wealthward Capital. That is where we, you know, help technology employees. And we do also help others. We do have, you know, doctors, lawyers, jockeys. We have, uh, you know, other people that are investing with us as well. So come check out that. There's an easy way to click in the top right corner and get some time with me. And then if they go to tech careers and money talk, uh, that is, you know, uh, where they can actually put in their email, they can get some information about our podcast. And then also they'll have an opportunity to join the book army, right? The book army is just getting ready to launch. It's going to be, we're going to be taking it live next year. But if you want to be a part of the final stages of getting my book from Nodo to IPO ready for launch, that's where you can participate. Awesome. 
Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show Chris for your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to wealthword.com, W-E-A-L-T-H-W-A-R-D.com. Go to techcareersandmoneytalk.com. And then finally, get involved with the book army as well for the upcoming book. Thanks again, Christopher. Thank you so much, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.